Wandering Minds presents Radio Play Disaster, written by Don Zolaitis and directed by Ritu Nagarshet. What you are about to witness tonight is real. The events of this broadcast are taking place in the United States of America at this hour. There are no actors. There is no script. Everything you hear tonight is true. The role of Cletus will be played by Sir Brinsley Catamount, on loan to us from Cambridge, England. The role of Delilah will also be played by Sir Brinsley Catamount, on loan to us from Cambridge. Is this correct? Where are Andrew and Julia? They said they couldn't make it. Something about not being paid enough and feeling it wasn't worth it and all right, all right. general dissatisfaction with the incompetence of artistic director. Who is the artistic director? I am the artistic director. Seems they have a problem with you then. Ah, Miss Flanders, I see you've decided to show up. I hope tonight's performance will go better than the dress rehearsal in which you were a disaster. <sighs> and good evening to you, Harley. Miss Bean, please. Show a little respect, since you have no respect for the material. Did you fix the heat laser effect? I did. Can I hear it? <sighs> That's terrible. It's a heat laser. It sounds like a flatulent duck. What does heat sound like, Harley? Miss Bean. <clears throat> it sounds just like that. Not to interrupt your argument, but why are you saying there are no actors and then announcing that one of the actors is going to be different tonight? I don't understand. Think about what you're saying. Everything you see tonight is true. The role of Cletus will be played by Brinsley. <clears throat> Sir Brinsley. Never underestimate the stupidity of the audience, Max. They will believe what I tell them to believe. I can't wait for the show tonight. Panic in the streets. Calls into the police department. Sure to get the highest rating in the history of the station. Battle of the Planets. Announces a new talent in the literary scene. The meteoric rise of Harley Bean. The stage is set. The actors are prepared. Glory awaits. Oh, sorry. I was trying to make a flatulent duck sound. I can have you replaced, you know. Actors, to your places. Did I ask for your opinion? Honey. Don't honey me. You don't understand my process. You don't care about my process. And you certainly don't care about cleaning out the litter box. I cleaned out the litter box yesterday. Why do you lie? When Mr. Boots doesn't have a clean litter box, he doesn't feel respected. And you know what he does when he doesn't feel respected? Ah, uh, marital bliss. Hello. Cheers. <laughs> cheers indeed. Very cheers. I'm sorry. You heard what I said. Glad you're filling in tonight. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Are we all assembled? Uh, looks like we're missing a few. Right, yes. Charles, Deborah, Andrew, and Miley have all been fired. Oh. You will be playing all the reporter roles. Excuse me? Except for your role, Josie. You, as always, truly magnificent in the show. I know. So, I am playing five out of six reporters? The others were terrible. Um... You'll be fine. I assume you have worked out most of your problem? Uh... <coughs> Sorry, I'm late. Are you feeling alright? Oh, completely fine. So much better. I was sick <coughs> earlier today, but now I'm perfect. <coughs> so excited to be here. Where is that other person? The guy who won the contest in the show? The Rodin person? Oh, yeah. Right. Woo! No need to worry, friends. I am here. Show must go on or whatnot. <laughs> uh, hey, does anyone have a script? You're over here, Miss H Hamster? Your last name is Hamster. <laughs> it's my stage name. Furious Hamster. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Oh, so I was thinking, what if my character was more awesome? 
I'm loving this show, but I don't have a big enough part. I'd like to second that. I also don't have a big enough part. You've cut out the best parts for the men. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. It's sexist. It's disgusting. You can have some of my lines. I don't understand them anyway. Does my astronomer character need to say all those big words? No, no one changes lines. Adrian, Harley rewrote your speech last night. He, he what? Difficult as it may be to believe, I have made it even more incredible. Uh, but I, I had the other one memorized. You don't need to memorize your lines for a radio show. Just read it from the script. But I have that thing where I have problems when I read. I am so glad you're open to changing lines. I am not open to changing lines. I am open to me changing lines. Yes, but I work best when I'm not tied to a script. A real actor looks at it once and then throws it in the garbage. Does anyone have a better mic stand? You're fine. Actors perform scripts as written. That's their role, to execute my vision. But what about my vision? I am the only person allowed to have a vision. Because I have ideas for my character, and they are at odds with this piece of lurid trash you've written. Consider this. Patricia Dunbar, age 23, is mayor. She is 60 years old. Impossible. Patricia is 23. She's in over her head, but she's a tough-as-nails young woman. She never went to college. She never wanted to be mayor. But she's going to clean up this town from aliens. Then why is she married? Because she made a terrible mistake, and now she's changed to a deadbeat loser as a first wife. Someone who questions her in front of her boss and makes outrageous demands about the snacks in the pantry. Is it a crime to have popcorn every night? It should be. Just use the script. I never should have married you. You are 60, dowdy, unimaginative, and about to be slaughtered in a laser storm. Most people would die for that role. And you are her supportive, dutiful wife who survives. Why does she survive when she is clearly marked for death? The time for arguing about the script is not five minutes before we go on air. What if I fought the aliens and won? Girls need more heroic role models. You are fighting an alien intelligence vastly superior to mankind. But not womankind. Think about it. All the men get killed. Who fights the aliens and wins? Ladies, because we're not idiots who require popcorn every night. I like popcorn. Every night, Brandy? You need it every night? That is an addiction and a personality defect. Please, all of you. Read the script as I wrote it. It's completely perfect. Um, you rewrote my part last night, which, again, I have a problem. I made it even more perfect. What about the ending? The end is even more perfect than the rest of the play. Think of it. In the din of war, a single, solitary voice asks, Is anyone out there? And the answer is silence. Devastating, simple, elegant, award-winning, I dare say. Kind of a downer. A downer? It's devastating! I'm with Tanya. What if we blow up their spaceship? No, absolutely not. This is not hack work. This is art. Humanity must be destroyed. What if humanity is partially destroyed? Completely destroyed! What is wrong with all of you? This is the script. Stick to it. I have more talent in my pinky finger than the rest of you simpletons combined. Do your job. Our performance tonight will be the stuff of legends. Trust my genius. Battle of the planets will be remembered forever. Clap for yourselves. Clap. Yes, be bold, be brave, be resolute. Our glorious play marches into history. Ready? Hey, um, why is the on-air sign on? The on-air sign is on because... Please ignore the previous moments. Apparently a gang of hoodlums broke into the station and started talking. <clears throat> what you are about to witness tonight is real. The events of this broadcast are taking place in the United States of America at this hour. There are no actors. There is no script. Everything you hear tonight is true. 
The role of Cletus will be interpreted by Sir Brinsley Catamount, even though the person of Cletus is a real person and the events involving Cletus haven't yet occurred, but we have it on good faith that they will occur soon. Sir Brinsley will also be playing Delilah. We take you now to the ballroom at the Grand Season Hotel, where we will be listening to the complex melodies of Chip Verdun's 12-piece orchestra. I meant, of course, the emotionally devastating spare harmonies of Chip Verdun and his neo-futuristic experimental ensemble. Delightful. Listeners, we have a breaking news bulletin. Yes, we have... Yes, we have... A Brown University, Rhode Island. Yes, thank you. My name is... My name is Charles Towerbridge. Reporter for a radio station, can be located somewhere? And I've come to this observatory to discuss shocking developments on the planet of Venus. Standing with me is Dr. Mary Landrieu, Chief Astronomer at Brown University. Hi. Dr. Landrieu, with 47 years of experience at this observatory, can you please inform our listeners what you witnessed tonight? Okay. Um, oh, thank you. Yes, this powerful telescope was trained. It can be trained, right? Uh, pointed at the surface of planet Venus. And tonight we saw an amazing occur. Occur thing. Good question, but I think they are just atmospheric disturbances. Whoops. <laughs> no. <laughs> we saw amazing occurrence, regular explosions on the surface of Venus at consistent intervals. And what do you make of these explosions? Good question, but I think they are just atmospheric disturbances. If I might interject, Doctor. Please state your name for our radio audience. I am the assistant to Dr. Mary Landrieu. I have no name because I wasn't considered to be important. Let's call me, uh, Bobby. Very well. What is it you were going to say? Good question, but I think they are just atmospheric disturbances. These explosions are not consistent with any known phenomena on planet Venus. I don't know what's going on, but I am frightened. There is no need to be frightened, assistant. These phenomena happen all the time. Phenomena. I'm sorry? Phenomena. That was the word you were looking for, doctor. Sure. Very well. Thank you. Yes, this powerful telescope was trained. Oh, shoot, um... I would like to say one more thing, since you may not hear from me again. These are dark times, with alien intelligence capable of toying with humanity as a child plays with a spider. We know not what sinister designs other planets may- And we are back. Thank you for that insightful interview. Once again, we return you to simple, almost childlike sounds of Chip Verdun and his solo saxophone. We interrupt this broadcast with a follow-up to... That's enough, Chip. Chip. Go ahead and fade out your extensive choir of 60 or 70 souls that have squeezed itself into the ballroom at the Grand Season Hotel. Yes, once again, we are interrupting to... Yes, once again, we are... We take you now 
to Chief of the National Meteorological Society, Andrew Chessa. Yes, hello, this is David Davidson coming to you from the National Meteorological Society. With me is Andrew Chessa, a grizzled veteran of numerous foreign wars and meteorologist. Yes, he will be here any moment. Any moment when he realizes he is supposed to be on radio right now. In the meantime, I will be growing teeth. I will not be growing teeth. I will be a, a vampire. I'm a vampire. I am a vampire. I'm vamping. Oh. This is this Andrew, Andrew Chessup. Chessup. Right, yes. C could you please describe what you have observed happening in the upper atmosphere? Well, well, at just over, at just over 8, 8 p.m. this evening, evening shortly, shortly after, after the mysterious phenomena on the planet, planet Venus, phenomenals. we tracked we track several intrusions, intrusions in our upper, upper atmosphere, atmosphere consistent, consistent with natural meteorological, meteorological phenomena. I tracked them. I actually tracked them. Sorry to be confusing you, but I have trained a pet seal to mimic my words moments after I say them. I have trained a pet seal to mimic my words moments after I say them. I will put him in his cage now. If anyone is going in the cage, it's the pet seal that got here moments too late because I am first. Okay, Andrew, grizzled manly man. I am more of a grizzled manly man than you'll ever be. Okay, um, could you speculate to us what these phenomena are? Nothing, Nothing to, be to be worried, worried about. about. Nothing to, to be, be worried, worried about. about. Nothing, Nothing to, be, to worried be worried about. about. Thank you very much, Mr. Chessup and his trained seal. We return you now to the music at the Grand Season Ballroom. I'm free later. I don't mix business with pleasure, I'm afraid. Oh, <laughs> it won't be pleasurable. Then you have my undivided attention. the sounds of music. In these troubled times, they are truly a balm for the soul. But once again, I am afraid we have a breaking news bulletin. Word has come to our station that there has been an explosion at a small farm just outside Elmo's Corners, New York. Thank you, this is David Davidson, reporter, not to be confused with my twin brother, David. Also, Davidson, who was reporting on conditions at the observatory near, nearly 1,000 miles away. I'm standing in a field with a cow, several chickens, but... And also a menagerie of tropical creatures. Who have just died. Correction! The animals have been grievously injured, but seem to be recovering quickly. What I am looking at is an ordinary cornfield rent by a, a smoking crater. Located within the crater is a dark metallic cylinder approximately 100 feet tall. And I'm speaking now with Cletus Jones, a, a local farmer who witnessed the strange occurrence. Yes, quite right. Cletus, though you are an uneducated bumpkin, could you please describe what you saw? But of course. I was standing in my field of corn when I saw a flash of illumination. One moment. Accent. Uh, I mean, I was over here and I saw something. What did it look like? A massive cylinder. I mean, a rocket-like shape which shot out of the sky like a meteor. And then it, uh, I, I want to say, descended in a controlled manner to my field of corn, and then darn near blew the doors off of my house. I mean, shack, uh, where I live, uh, in poverty. Oh, here comes my wife. Ma'am, were you also a witness to the landing? I was. I was scared because I'm a lady. These are the truly frightening times. I'd like to add that all our animals were scared too. 
especially the hippopotami. And the parrots. Alright, only one cracker, alright? What do you make of the towering monolith in your farm at the moment? I'll answer that. You never let me talk. Silence, woman. I've had enough of your chauvinism. You're embarrassing me in front of the news folk. Like I was saying, I think it's a meteorological phenomenon. And you don't imagine this has anything to do with the strange explosions witnessed on the surface of planet Venus? I don't even like the sound of Venus. It sounds un-American if you ask me. It's a planet! I know what it is, sugar pie. It don't sound American is all I'm saying. Because it's another planet! It's the planet of love! It ain't no planet of love. But there ain't no way something could explode on Venus earlier tonight and show up here 20 minutes later. Even with interstellar spacecrafts, that journey would take at least two months, and- I think something else is happening now. What? Something else is happening. Oh, right. That sound you hear approaching is a military vehicle. The sound is a military vehicle pulling up. I shall describe it visually since we are having a, a problem with our audio. Yes, it's a state-of-the-art ground transport. Truly an impressive example of America's military might. Aid enormous wheels and... And a bell. Truly the most impressive bell I've ever seen. Sure to inspire awe and fear in our nation's enemies. And there is a soldier approaching me. Her boots, which are state-of-the-art with tactical heels, on the soft earth of this corn farm. And we are waiting for her to say something. America! I am standing with a member of America's military forces. Whoa! Hey, Mom! Yes, I am on the radio. What do you make of this strange device? I don't know, but I don't like it. You know what? I also don't like it. Me neither! What do you propose to do about it? I'm about to investigate! A brilliant suggestion. But, oh my goodness, something is happening. A metallic panel is opening in the side of the cylinder, and emerging from the darkness within appears to be a tubular appendage. Hey! Hey, you! We don't appreciate your tubular appendage! Wow! No response from the cylinder. I'm gonna approach the cylinder now. With the extremely manly confidence of America's fighting women, the American soldier is only 20 or 30 paces from the device and... Oh no, oh no, I can barely describe what I'm seeing now. Did I step on a duck? Um... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Oh, it's, it's a laser! Oh! Oh! Ah! Ah! It appears to be some sort of concentrated heat ray. Our brave soldier has been completely disintegrated by the... Ah! Yet the echoes of her final screams remain in the air. Did you see that? It's coming right for us. Ah! Oh! Oh, this hurts! Ah! Run for it! Listeners, I must now relate that the, the cylinder appears to have grown legs, rising up in the air like a tripod. I am okay, though. I am okay. Run for your lives! Wait, its cannons are rotating, aiming for me, but I will continue to broadcast and- We have lost communications with the reporter at Elmo's Corners. I can only hope that he has survived the terrible ordeal transpiring there. We now return you to the music of Chip Verdun's impertinent orchestra at the ballroom of the Grand Season Hotel. What in art's name are you doing? Don't bother me. I'm concentrating. This song is hard. You're ruining the entire show. You think you can do this job? I could train a seal to do your job. Seals? Do not talk. Why does everyone think seals can talk? <clears throat> hey there, Hepcats. This is Chip Verdun. 
We're gonna take a little break right now until our craft can be respected. Ha ha ha! Oh, Chip, this is Amos Frunkfather, the manager here at the Grand Season Ballroom, and I want you to know, Chip, that you are fired. You have crossed me for the last time, Frunkfather, especially since you never paid me for my work. I paid you for your work. Not enough. <laughs> Chickens! You never respected my chickens! Out! 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 Sorry about that, gentle listeners. I know you're all more concerned with the startling developments happening across the country right now, and we will get you a reporter as soon as we can. In the meantime... Uh, oh, wait. Um... We interrupt the soothing music at the Grand Seasons Ballroom to take you to a special press conference. This is Josephine Maxwell, and I am standing in the Rose Garden at the White House, for a special briefing from three-star general Brianna Armitage. At any moment, she will emerge from those doors on this beautiful, sunny day. In fact, the chirping birds belly a growing sense of dread around the country. Chirping birds? The sound of chirping birds. Very quiet chirping birds, almost as if they realize the serious nature of this present moment. <laughs> and turkeys. Who could forget the jovial sounds of the presidential turkeys who have been sparred from execution on Thanksgiving? Now they gather here with the chirping birds at the Rose Garden, awaiting the entrance of the general on this very lovely... Stormy day. Yes, here she comes now. Um... Thank you, reporters. My name is General Brianna Arm Arm it Arm Armistr Brianna something Brianna something, and um, I am here to inform the public about extraordinary events we have witnessed over the past few hours <clears throat> at. Uh, approximately one four zero zero hours, we observed a, a series of expositions on the plate Venus. Although we in, in individually considered these to be regular at atmospheres fentanyl, they were, in fact, the, the signs of alien spicecraft. Um, at present, we have tracked 14 supper landings on the eastern uh, smorgasbord of the United States. I, I will now be taping questions. General, are these spicecraft dangerous um we must assume these invaders cone in pace cone in pace peace come in peace is that a wise assumption quit pounding me woman hounding quit hounding me woman why are you getting defensive madame we do not know the invention of these chips but I do not see the use of startling an interpretory war with an alien sea breeze. 
And if they are starting a war with us? Then dog help us all. Dog help us all indeed. With that, the general turned her heel and returned to the briefing room at the White House, where a response to these aliens is being devised. Do I walk off now? Yes, she is walking off now. Now? Exactly now. There she goes. You can hear the sound of her retreating steps. We return you now to the station. Thank you for the report. We would return you to the music of Chip Verdun and his band of armadillos, but Chip has been removed from the Grand Season Ballroom in a straitjacket and will never work in this town again. You will never work in this town again. Apologies, one of the musical armadillos has broken itself from its harness and has savaged a staff member at the Grand Season. We are in the process of putting the creature down. With a cow, a cow has sat upon the armadillo, flattening it into a pancake. Now, we return to our tale with an important update with a reporter in Elmo's Corner. Thank you, Harley. This is David Davidson the third, not to be confused with either of my twin brothers, reporting once again for the first time from Elmo's Corner since I just arrived here moments ago. I'm standing with the mayor of Elmo's Corners, Patricia Dunbar. Thank you, David. What can you tell us about the developments in the outskirts of town? Is that really the question you want to ask? Um... I unsettle you, don't I? Because I'm a tough-as-nails young woman and I'm here to clean up this town? I was elected to mayor when I was 23 and I don't take guff from anyone. Especially not you. Um... I'm not sure how that related to... Let me help you with my signature catchphrase. That's a lot of bacon. What does that mean? It means there's a lot of bacon. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's time to clean up those aliens. That's my sawed-off shotgun, in case you were wondering. You might also let people know that I'm wearing sunglasses and a tank top, which shows off my wiry muscles. Right, yes. I I should let you know that the the mayor is wearing a... A kick-ass ponytail. Kick-ass ponytail, sunglasses, and has rock-hard muscles. Don't objectify me. Sorry. All right, then. Time to go kick some butts. I'm riding off my motorcycle, by the way. Right, well, yes, here we have the mayor's wife, Timmy Dunbar. Tammy. It says Timmy. Timmy isn't a name. Timmy is written right here. Uh, My name is Timmy. Thank you for clarifying that, Timmy. Her name is Timmy. It was originally Tammy, but she changed it when we got married. Timmy, what have you seen on the outskirts of town? Um, thank you for asking, sir. As a woman and a mayor, I... Um, hold on. Um, I was very frightened. The metallic cylinder fired a barrage of heat lasers, which incinerated some people I love dearly. The screams of the dying punctured my senses and will give me nightmares until my eventual death. I cannot fully comprehend the magnitude of this tragedy and am in tears, choking back tears. I, um, thank you for that heartbreaking eyewitness report. Could you describe in more detail, in less detail, In no detail at all, what is your first step? First, we will. I hate to interrupt you, ma'am, but look, listeners, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Looming over Elmo's corners like the sight of a skyscraper on legs is what we must now admit is an alien spacecraft. Listen to the enormous thudding sounds of its massive feet as it stomps down the street. Yes, sounding almost like thunder. I'm stepping outside to take a better look at it. It is an awesome sight to behold, terrifying in its monstrous intelligence, but also strangely chipper. 
I am on the streets now, as throngs of frightened Elmo's Corner citizens, Elmoians, flee before the encroaching titan. Ah, flee! 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 Stop right there, you metal monster. I'm the mayor of this town, and I've got a bone to pick with you. And a good thing the press is here to cover this moment. Yes, um, yes, the, the, the press is here. What I see now is a scene of astonishing bravery. Yes. A single woman, smeared with dust and dirt, standing in front of a colossus of death, armed with only... only her... baguette. Fear me. Fear my baked goods. I can't believe what I'm seeing. She leaps into battle and... Oh my goodness, there's a goat here and... Missed! Which misses the... What's wrong with your aim? The alien ship appears incapable of hitting her with its weapons of death. You tried your best, alien ship. Now it's time for me to try my best. I'm tossing aside this baguette and picking up... It appears to be a strudel. This strudel, which is well known to be toxic to both alien and human life. If I manage to place this strudel into the weak point in your armor, it's curtains for you. And that's a lot of bacon. Leaping into its feet with the agility of a jungle cat, the mayor of Elmo's Corners clambers up the... I am afraid we have lost the feed from Elmo's Corners. Surely they are all dead now. We are just receiving some audio from another transponder nearby. Events continue to transpire at a dizzying speed, faster than I can relate. Reports are coming in of more than two dozen of the strange alien craft descending from all over the sky over the eastern seaboard. Landings in Connecticut, New Jersey, Staten Island. It seems New York City is their inevitable target. We take you now to a reporter embedded within the U.S. military as they develop a response to the civilization-threatening event. This is David Davidson the Fourth. This is actually Josephine Maxwell. Oh, thank goodness I'm not here. This is Josephine Maxwell reporting from the cockpit of the flagship of the Third Armored Battalion. That sound you hear roaring is the engine of the American know-how unleashing the full fury of 18 horsepower. With me, the brave men and women of our military forces, clad in those loose-fitting dungarees with matching camouflage sashes. Their belts and boots gleam like the hardened shells of so many monstrous beetles, tamed by technology and harnessed to the service of destructive power. I am sitting next to a young woman, her brown eyes wide with the enormity of her task, and her lovely dimples belaying the seriousness of purpose that could only be matched by the ancient armies of Sparta. Hi. How does it feel to come face to face with death? Um, not good. Oh. I feel terrible. I want to die. Brave words in these turbulent times. Our progress slows to a halt as we reach the reported site of another landing craft. I will now exit this armored vehicle to give you, the listeners, an evocative visual description of what is transpiring. As one, the soldiers rise themselves. Okay, we're getting out now. Thick with the scent of fear and body odor, the soldiers scramble out of their vehicle, resembling nothing so much as a horde of ants before a terrifying foe from another planet. 
This, listeners, is nothing less than a struggle of the continued dominion of humankind on the planet Earth. If these brave men and women fail, we may very well look upon these days as the last dying grasps of human civilization. Yeah, it's a doozy. I am in awe of the fierce determination of these soldiers. They are ready for anything. <clears throat> Anyone have a lozenge? I need a lozenge. Nothing will stop them. I seriously can't do this unless I have a lozenge. Oh, God. Hold on. It's kind of stuck to the wrapper. Okay, you know what I'm talking about when it melts a little bit and then it's stuck to the paper? <laughs> Awful. <clears throat> oh, this is the worst. Ugh. Oh, that's better. Ugh. Oh. My eyes can barely behold the sight of what is looming before me. Three monstrous objects, nearly 100 feet in height, standing upon a tripod-like structure out there. I'm taking you out, aliens! Ah! Oh no! The tubular appendage has got me! Almost farther than the eye can see. A snake-like coil of black metal has shot from the opening side of the... strangling me. Oh, I'm being taken into a vat of chemicals in order to be skinned. I cannot test to the accuracy of Ouch! Oh, oh no. Oh no, there goes my skin. Oh, this is terrible. There is no time to mourn the nameless soldier as Let my wife know. I loved her. Her eyes fall on deaf ears as... Her name is Jenny Hamster. She lives at 1447 Randolph Street. Her sacrifice will... 14287. A moment of silence for the... Also, she can take phone calls, so you can call her at... She is dead. Placed into a vat of acid, her entire form has been transformed into a clear liquid and shot from a port on the side of the vehicle as slobbering goop. Dead. The other soldiers look on in horror. Oh, that's better. <clears throat> Sometimes you gotta have to. Oh, man, my throat is killing me. Oh, uh, wait, um... <clears throat> <coughs> Let's let that thing have it, troops! Three, two, <coughs> one, fire! <coughs> With a deafening roar, the 50-millimeter cannon's recoil has won, launching a cavalcade of ordnance at the alien ship. With a roar! A roar! <coughs> Three, <coughs> two, one, fire! <coughs> Listeners, I wish you could be here to see the charge of hundreds of military vehicles, like the charge of the Light Brigade, or the very legions of man taking flight against Olympus itself. There has never been a moment like this in human history. Surely the aliens will crumble under our astonishing assault. has cleared and and the alien ships are completely undamaged as if our power is no more threatening to them than a swarm of gnats heat lasers blast away at our vehicles cleaving through them like a hot knife through butter the carnage is unbearable oh no help <coughs> 
Their gun turrets are turning now on me. I can see them. I see down the barrels of their extraterrestrial weaponry. <coughs> They're gonna get you! <coughs> Listeners, run for your lives. Run, escape into the woods. Our only hope is... She's dead. Oh God, they're coming for me too. <coughs> we have lost radio communication with Josephine Maxwell. The dire news continues on this dreadful night. Listeners, from our location in New Jersey, I can just now see the alien craft heading across the Hudson River towards the skyscrapers of New York City. An eerie quiet seems to have descended on the city as if they were waiting solemnly for the end to come. Only the sad, almost pathetic sound of a single piano punctuates the assaults of the aliens. And the fleeing of the geese from the city with their friends, as always the cows. It is a quiet and solemn moment now! No this broadcast to bring you Chip for Dune and his Good Time Orchestra who have reassembled at the Grand Season Ballroom to the cheers of thousands of patrons. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Hepcats and Hepkitties. What we need now is a little appreciation for the people behind the scenes because some people do not respect their talents. So, Let's hear it again for Chip Verdun and his orchestra. From my location, I can see the aliens de descending specifically on the Grand Season Hotel. Let me tell you something, Hepcats. You gotta respect the art, or the art doesn't respect you. The aliens are peeling the roof off the Grand Season Ballroom like a grape. And I think the people we need to thank the most right now are the sound effects people. The beautiful, beautiful, incredibly important sound effects people. Wouldn't you agree, Harley? They have decapitated Chip Verdun and his entire orchestra and are now feasting on his entrails. They are slurping them up like spaghetti. That is the end of one of the... We are struggling to reconnect with the studio in New Jersey. And we will continue to struggle until certain notes are read. I would like to take a moment in this terrifying alien invasion to acknowledge the contributions of my friend, Trixie Flanders, who is the most intelligent, wise, and beautiful person I know much more intelligent than me. In fact, she is the true genius behind the station and I am merely a worm. Very well. Where were we? The aliens are heading for New York City. I don't know how much longer I can stay on the air. The footsteps of the approaching machines are growing ever nearer. I hear them. This is Harley Bean on the last night of America. Tell your loved ones you love them. Hold each other close. They're here. They are here. This is Dr. Mary Landro using a shortwave radio. I'm trying to document the events as I have witnessed them. Um, uh, shoot, hold on. <laughs> They're like big aliens going past. Um, it's terrible and I'm sad for humanity. And, um, uh, is anyone out? Is there anyone out there? Is there? Hello? Oh. It's me, Patricia Dunbar. I actually fought my way out of the belly of one of those tripod thingies. Oh boy, that's a lot of bacon. 
I am also alive. Uh, yes. Me too. Even though I don't have a name. This is Chip Verdun reporting that my entire orchestra has defeated an alien spaceship with a trombone and a drum kit. I love you, America! Hey, who let all those flatulent goats in here? Well, those are my goats. Well, we killed all the aliens. Happy ending, everyone. I love you. Oh, stuff it. This is David Davidson V, signing off. Well, that is that, then. My life is over. My career is over. I am a genius no longer. Hey, if I get a job writing my own play, I will hire you as an assistant. Max, I assume the phone lines are clogged with people laughing at this debacle. Uh, let me see. Um, hello? Is there anyone out there? Huh. No one's calling? Nobody. It's like nobody even heard it. That's weird. I stopped broadcast, but the on-air sign is still on. Oh! Whoops. The switch is reversed. You mean... Um, we just broadcast 40 minutes of dead air. Are we broadcasting now? Appears that way. What you are about to witness tonight is real. The events of this broadcast are taking place in the United States of America at this hour. There are no actors. There is no script. Everything you hear tonight is true. Thank you for listening. The role of Harley Bean was played by Izzy Watson, the role of Max played by Lillian Yu, Otis played by Ian Aquino, Trixie played by Maria Strogiotti, Tonya played by Kayane Kalijin, Brandy played by Carrie McMahon, Samantha played by Hope Kloacki, Larissa played by Livia Greenberg, Josie played by Emma Waltz, Maria and Adrian played by Amy Argentar, Sir Brinsley played by Chris Capaccio, Furious Hamster played by Zoe Rico, and on our crew, we have Paul Weston as our technical director, Katie Lee as our sound acquisitioner, Yasmin Alnagar as our sound editor, Miles Quark as our producer, and finally, I'm Ruthu, your director, and it's been an absolute pleasure working with all of you. If you would like to see more of our work, follow us on Instagram at WMindsBU. Thank you.